2: Pew, 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 pew. What's up, y'all? We are back with the DNVR Draft Podcast. I'm Justin Michael. I'm joined by Jake Schwanitz and the man, the myth, the legend, Andre Simone. We're diving into the AFC East. It's our last division of the post-draft series. How's everybody doing? I'm excited to get into this with you guys.
1: This might be a sneaky, fun division to get into. Always a pleasure, fellas. And, uh, you know, this is also... This is my... My June swoon, where I focus on the other drafts, I get to dabble a little in NBA, NHL, MLB, love all the differences and intricacies. Um, It's just the best, the best time. And while I'm excited to get into this one with you guys, when we're done with our draft recaps and grades, kind of means it's on boys that kind of means we turn the page it's time like uh weekend football might just be around the corner fellas and considering i've never been more out on baseball holy shit do i need it so um <laughs> wow did not expect to go that long anyways love seeing you guys I mean, that was my
0: after we finished the Buff show today. It was like, man, I cannot wait for practices and games and just getting into this thing. It's it's time. We need to get some football back.
2: We're close. We're really close. I'm I'm in that watching old games on YouTube stage, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't quite hit the same. Uh, before we dive into the AFC East, just briefly, Dre, how you feeling post NBA draft about the Nuggets Hall?
1: Gosh, they really leaned into a type and doubled up and tripled up. Shooter, veteran, um, you think in some ways trying to kind of, um, you know, mine a potentially an a, a, a caveat in the NBA draft where we really focus on youth and the veterans they got are kind of late bloomers, guys who kind of came into their own, you know, were barely starting year one or... Uh, Pickett was at Siena small school or Hunter Tyson, you know, was wasn't really playing that much at Clemson and then became their top scorer in his senior season. It's very interesting. And I don't love it at face value because according to the other boards, it's not great value, right? But I have been dabbling with this theory that defense heavy guys have higher ceilings the shooters have higher floors. Like a guy like Duncan Robinson, he he ultimately is kind of a shitty basketball player, but he's not going to get played off the court in the playoffs because he can still give you 10 valuable minutes. It was a very Miami heat draft, and I think that's about as high a compliment as you could
3: give to that class.
2: I like it. I like the assessment. The only thing I'll say about this class. I think they're in win now mode. So your mindset is different. So whereas different. you're trying to maximize, you have all of your big guys under contract. They basically have their, you know, quarterback on his rookie deal still with a cheap wide receiver and, you know, a bargain running back and they're trying to maximize it. So I I get the gripes, but Strother is a guy that's gonna immediately mm. contribute. He was probably my top like realistic choice after seeing him at the NCAA tournament. I think I even told you how much I liked him, Yeah, but he's, he's going to be a stud. Um, I just wanted to pick your brain. I know that the, uh, yeah, the audience is not big, um, basketball necessarily. So we will dive into the AFC East. Let's talk about the jets. Yeah. The J E T S jets, jets, jets added a, a And, uh, yes. the drama is finally over with the Packers, but there's a lot of pressure, I think, on this Jets team to maximize the end of, you know, Rogers. Oh. I wouldn't even say prime, just career. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel like they did with this draft class? They get Will McDonald at 15 at an Iowa State edge. Feels like a bit of a reach. Uh, they followed up with a center in the second round out of Wisconsin, Joe Tipman, offensive tackle, Carter Warren at a pit in the fourth. Israel, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, the pit running back. In the fifth, um, that's that's the main
3: highlights. So how do you guys feel about this class? Jake? Oops, sorry. I'm muted from when I uh, sneezed. Um,
0: it's all right. Um, I'm a fan of a Banaconda. Will um, McDonald, I mean, he's got some bend. A but Anaconda. I mean, you kind of worry about the, uh, I don't know, I guess the strength to power type stuff from him. Yeah. Um, he's only at 246.4. He does have the length to get around the edge though. But this is just kind of a Joe Douglas draft. It's kind of meat and potatoesy. I mean, your first three picks are edge center offensive tackle. Um, you get another running back and then you just kind of fill some holes defensively. You add another tight end. Um, I mean, the biggest move of the off of course is Aaron Rodgers. So this is all just kind of supplemental and in win now mode, as you said, uh, C plus, it doesn't do too much for me.
1: Yeah, interesting class. Um it kind of starts with the Aaron Rodgers trade where they swap first-rounders this year. Um I'm trying to find the details here. There we go. They swap first with the Packers, and that simple minor swap, I think it just ends up being two spots Opens up the door for Pittsburgh to jump in, trade ahead of them, and take Broderick Jones, who was the last of that tier of offensive tackle. Though, geez, man, if you read the Peter King story, sorry to take us on a side tangent, they considered um, Anton, who's the, oh, man, see now. Harrison, I mean, Harrison, Oklahoma. Yes, thank you. Anton Harrison, in a trade down from nine, they would have taken him like top 15. That's how I felt, right? Like to us, or to me at least, he was within that tier with Broderick, with Paris Jones. They get sniped. Instead of just taking Anton Harrison, they go with Will McDonald, who, um, what a great transition from our convo with the Nuggets. Older, productive, was playing out of position. And that's a clip online as Robert Sala on the first call telling will mcdonald who's like 238 pounds we're not gonna play you in that five eye anymore um you know you're gonna play that wide nine where you belong because if you were to clip just his wide nine um you know snaps this dude he's not twitched up because he's longer than god but he has some like my eyes will blink too quick and he goes from being in front of the offensive tackle to past him, like, before my eyes can get get back and refocus. He's got some Houdini shit as a pass rusher. 15 seemed high. Um, he's going to be limited as a run stopper. And yeah, you know, he's so long, you wonder, is he explosive enough in space to make up for playing out there? Um, and again, at 23... I'm not going to really buy that now we can start adding weight to this frame. Like you could sell me on that at 2021. Now it's, it's a little harder to believe what
2: you are at 23. You
1: kind of are what you are. You played in a big 12 program with, you know, everyone loves fucking Campbell is going to tell you he runs a pro program. So you would assume he's got like a good strength and conditioning there alongside tangent on Will McDonald, um, very like Sala leaning into his, shtick when it's like i don't know you might have found this guy at the end of first round where you take joe tipman or the second round at the top of the second where you take joe tipman they don't have a third they take carter warren double up on pick guys carter warren sneaky like um flex offensive tackle for you maybe goes to the inside but some nice insurance at tackle i know you were really high on abakinda um jake it kind of feels like they they didn't play this right. They didn't play the Aaron Rodgers trade right. They didn't play the board right once they got sniped and traded ahead of. And you didn't necessarily address some of your bigger needs in this limited window, right? So yeah, it's a C minus even. Like you I, I can talk myself into some of these guys, but I'm not sure you really uh took advantage of what, what you needed to execute going
2: into this. I just didn't feel that they maximized, you know, the the picks here. I, I like McDonald's potential. As you mentioned, he's kind of in a, a misfit role this past year. They're gonna really lock in, but I don't know. I just they needed a they need an offensive tackle. It didn't really work out. I would have liked to have seen them get Rodgers another offensive weapon. I just, I don't know, I I don't feel like they're any better than they were going into the draft. That defensive line was already pretty solid. How how much is he really going to play these first two years? It's kind of a weird spot. Who's the... uh, I do think the
3: roster...
0: I am just going to say, I think the roster's still in a pretty good spot, though. I mean, I like this receiving core. You brought in Dwayne Brown to play left tackle, so we'll see how much he can actually give. I do think the offensive line is kind of solid, and then if Brees Hall comes back, this offense can be pretty lethal if it all gels and meshes together.
1: Reese Hall, Mackay, Becton are the big, like, can they stay healthy? Because if they can, on paper, this looks like a fairly nice offense. Lazard was added, McCole Hardman were added. I mean, yeah, you've, you're you working with some stuff here.
2: Michael Carter as well. I guess, I mean, it's probably a better offense than Rodgers was working with Green Bay these past couple of years.
3: Harris Campbell. Daniel Hackett. I mean, Garrett
1: Wilson, best wide receiver Rodgers had since Devontae Adams, certainly.
0: Yep. Yeah. He gets Nathaniel Hackett back. I mean, we'll see if he's able to be better in that OC role. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about this team, honestly. We can go to Jenga Peace if you want, but I feel good about this roster where it's at for this year.
2: Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Who would you say, then, is the most important piece of the puzzle outside of quarterback? Is it Garrett Wilson and kind of really bringing him to that next level of receiver. He obviously has the potential. He's shown out even in moments with without Aaron Rodgers, so I think he has a opportunity to really break out here. He would be my selection, but I do think you could make an argument for Brees Hall or even, I mean, Michael Carter is going to play a big factor in that backfield, too. It's, it's going to be interesting.
3: Defensively, you
2: got Mark Sauce. Defense.
1: Yeah, Sauce and yeah. Quentin Williams, man. I mean, whew. those guys make such a difference. They, add, I mean, Carl Lawson's a big factor. I go Quinn, and though I mean he's the interior of that defense, everything revolves around you. Just have this beast being able, like he's really started to tick up, and I mm-hmm. think we we might start to really talk about it next year.
3: Um, I'll go I'll go Sauce, but I'm I do
0: kind of subscribe to that Garrett Wilson argument because I was a huge fan of his coming out, and I think he can take that next step to becoming like a top ten receiver in the league.
2: I just think the, the defense you can kind of bank on at this point. It's just not really a concern for me. It's is this offense going to come together with all of these new pieces and how does that all work? So that's why I would lean Wilson. But yeah, I could see the argument. It's going to be I want to see if Sauce is officiated any differently this year. He's obviously pretty handsy, pretty frustrating in that Denver game. It's I don't know. I I'm not quite as high on him as some of the other people are.
1: It's well, early too, man. Yeah, yeah. It's early. We we want to crown guys. And then uh, you know, like you lose a star pass rusher on the interior and you you're exploited a little more. What can happen? You know? It's also that Sala, like cover three scheme. So like it fits nicely, you know. Like I would have said the same about Richard Sherman, uh, J Mike. You know, it's like uh, this guy you're gets away point. with murder, but it's a cover three press as long as you're doing it within those first five.
2: Do you think the Jets can contend with Buffalo for the division?
3: Either of you? I don't think so. I think
0: they can push. I think they may be able to like split the games with them, but I, Buffalo
1: is just, I mean, they're, other than the Chiefs, the best team in the conference. So I don't know. I'm not a solid believer, but I'm kind of talking myself into it. Um, I will say this. With a healthy duo in the backfield and that O-line not suffering any, like, massive injuries, I do think the Jets have the edge over Buffalo US, as, US, as being more, more apt to play in cold-weather games in November and December. And in the AFC East, that's low-key a factor. And the Bills keep building this roster like they're an indoor team, you know? It's kind of odd, man. And, like, Josh Allen being your best runners caught up to them already. And, you know, cue the margin, uh, conversation, but obviously when his bottom half isn't as good, he's not a special, a thrower and scrambler. And he's not going to be able to make those special plays where he can bail you out of a third and long. And that shit's what catches up to you in those cold weather games late in the season, early in the playoffs. That's where I think the jets could have an advantage. Now, that all depends on Aaron Rodgers in his, what, late 30s being able to to hold up because father time comes for everyone and he has had some good longevity, even though the play kind of suffered
3: last year. Um, if he goes out, though, they're, you know, back to square one, they're screwed. Is Wilson
2: still on the roster?
3: Mike White back? is not. I believe
1: Zach Wilson is. Yeah, he's just. still
3: there. Chris Treveller's still there,
1: too. Dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone that Zach Wilson should learn from, it's Aaron Rodgers.
2: I'm just trying to imagine what those locker room conversations are like between Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Like, Zach Wilson standing shy in the corner and Rodgers just comes up to him and he's like, hey, you want to talk about conspiracy theories? It's just like, not, not, not really, sir. I mean, we got to remember the people in
0: the submarine. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got to remember Zach Wilson, you know, maybe not the cleanest profile either off the field. It turns out. So, you know, (laughs) maybe more in common than one might think. Maybe more in common than one (laughs) might think. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Tear it up in NYC. Yeah,
1: exactly, brother. Exactly. Um, Who knows, maybe this summer you want to tear it up in NYC. Game Time app has you uh, covered with that. Maybe you just love ball and you miss football and basketball so much that you're going to go to Coors Field and watch the Rockies play for $11 this summer. That sounds like a great deal on Game Time where last-minute tickets you'll probably get even cheaper than that. Guess what? My anniversary, the 27th kershaw's on the mound you can go watch kershaw at coors doesn't always play his best at coors which is fun when i last checked you could get those tickets for eight buckaroos that's kershaw at coors doesn't really get better than that boys use that code dmvr when you check and download the game time app and you'll get twenty dollars off that first uh in your account right off the bat it's a beauty that's basically two Rockies tickets right there go check out the PIDs. lots of great stuff to do this summer it doesn't even have to be sports tickets download the game time app create an account and use code dmvr for 20 dollars off your first purchase
0: Trevor otani
1: in uh in town
0: this took the angels
1: this, yes this but no one on the bat. he's not pitching i checked already but you could watch him bat which would be a ton of fun
2: You guys want to hear something terrible real quick before we move on to Miami? Mm. Courtney was out in Anaheim about six weeks ago. She got me a cool Angels hat, but uh, she went to a game with her coworkers and Otani was on the mound. They didn't even pay attention. Threw eight scoreless, also went like three for four at the plate and they were like, who? Like you you get literally modern Babe Ruth I didn't talk to her for a couple hours after that. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about the Dolphins, though. And this small but pretty decent draft class. I mean, they didn't have a ton of picks, so it was was a tough spot. Um, How do you guys feel about it?
3: Um, I like Cam Smith. Uh, I like Devin Akane. And I thought Higgins was the better of the two
0: Stanford receivers coming out, even though Wilson has like the measurables and all this stuff, but can't catch the football. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say. There's four picks here. They did get a tackle from Michigan too. I mean, it's about as good as you could do. And then you have
3: to factor in the Jalen Ramsey trade as well. So um, I guess B pretty good for what you got. Considering where they're
1: drafting, but this is one of my favorite classes in the entire draft. Cam Smith was my top corner. I don't know why he dropped so much. I mean, it seemed like the combine, he ran a 4-4 like everyone else. And then he started dropping. Um, though I guess, you know, guys like Joey Porter, Keely Ringo, those dudes dropped too. So it's not like just exclusive to him. But he was a leader of a really good Gamecocks defense, a team that um, who they, they upset Clemson at the end of the year and some other SEC team that mm-hmm. I can't even remember as Rattler was coming along. He was the dog of that defense. Um, Maybe Tennessee too dude i mean and he's over six feet he runs a four four physical uh tackles ball skills I, I love everything about this kid premium position a chain wasn't the biggest fan but man late third tremendous value in this offense adding that speed out the backfield who signed me up um higgins in the sixth good length you know guy who's can route you up with the the kind of uh, you know, vertical threats you have over here. He's he's a guy who could eventually, um, you know, find some spots to eat over the middle of the field in this offense. Ryan Hayes, veteran offensive tackle coming out of that pro system at Michigan. I believe he was at the senior bowl. You know, it, look, he's not a tremendous athlete, but in an emergency situation, would he stick at tackle? Yeah, you, you'd be, you know, he's better than a lot of guys. Um, maybe some Michael Schofield vibes. You don't love that. But shit, again, I mean, in the seventh? Sure, it's a premium position. It's an A. I, I have no other way to uh, evaluate this. But like to me, you basically knocked every pick out the park and exceeded the the value you should have had uh, at that pick. So th- this is what drafting is all about to me.
2: I really like the potential of a kane in this Miami offense. And I think Higgins is going to open up a lot of things in the middle. You kind of touched on it there, but you have all this speed on the outside with Tyreek and waddle. The seam should be wide open all of the time. And now you have an option to attack there. You can do a kane you know, coming out of the back with some swing passes and screens that they, they're just really going to be able to make you uncomfortable offensively. I, defensively, I still have some questions about Miami and, you know, how are you going to stop some of these other teams in your division? But offensively, they're going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be a must-watch red zone team, that's for sure. Uh, Who would be the Jenga piece for you guys on this team, Jake?
3: Um, I'm between Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill. I've, it's tough between them. I think
0: Jalen Ramsey to what you just built off of with the defense. I mean, that's a massive bump in your secondary when you're going against uh, Josh Allen twice a year and all these quarterbacks in the AFC, you pair him with Xavier and Howard. You got John Holland down there at safety too a guy that we liked a few years ago coming out. Now you bring Cam Smith into the fold. It's a pretty strong
3: secondary. Um, So I guess I'd go Jalen Ramsey. That's a good one. Um, I really think Tyreek's the
1: straw that stirs the drink here, and he's already in some trouble. Um, so the, that might be a realistic situation they're already facing going into this year. But yeah, I think just what he does for the spacing and how you have to scheme him up differently is is just so crucial, man. Um, they added Braxton Berrios in the slot over free agency as well, which is an
3: interesting little move for them. Speed, hey, speed, speed, Wilson. man. Yeah, yeah.
2: I ask you guys again: Can this team push Buffalo
3: at all? A team not built to play in the cold? No, I kind of don't think they do. Uh, I don't either.
1: I mean, the Tua health stuff is real, man. That's a real concern.
2: I don't like. I'm to Wes Welker territory with Tua, where I really don't even want to watch him play anymore because every time he gets hit, it just makes my stomach drop.
0: Yeah, it's rough. Um, I like this roster all the way up and down, but uh, the gap between Tua and Josh Allen is too much for me at this point. I mean, they were they could build off last year and pull out another three four wins. Though I mean, I wouldn't be surprised.
3: Yeah, and I mean, if if
1: Tua's healthy, like they might have threatened Buffalo last year. Man, like I mean, they were they were there. The yeah, yeah. I'm just. I'm a smidge skeptical of the defense, and yeah, uh, this Tua stuff's a mess. This Tua stuff's a mess. So yeah, I can't. I just can't. But you love you love the offensive talent. You love that staff. You know you you like what they're building. And I mean, shit, we've seen it for years in the NBA. Like you can leverage Miami quite nicely for free agency and stuff if you just have a solid like winning program. Just looking this secondary, man.
3: Is mm-hmm.
0: up there. That's fine. I mean, I named those three guys. You've got Noah Igbenagane, the Auburn guy that we liked a few years ago. My guy, Nick Needham, he's coming back from an injury this yeah. year as well. Yeah. I mean, this is
2: deep. Who's going to be in the starting front seven? I know the, you, you make the Chubb trade, but who's starting in the front seven?
3: I mean, our guy, Jalen Phillips, is there still. Jalen Phillips, Maybe Christian Williams,
1: Raquan Davis.
3: Jalen was doing. He was coming. He's
0: been coming on, man.
1: Emmanuel Ogba and uh, Andrew Van Ginkle are in that that too deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Malik Creed and Bradley Chubb. <laughs> it's interesting. Reunited
3: Malik Reed too feels so yeah. good.
0: Aubrey Miller from JSU at middle linebacker as well was an undrafted guy that they got, and he was highly productive
3: for them last year too. Yeah, or for JSU. I like
2: it. Background info coming into play. Big time. All right. right, Let's talk about the Bills. Yeah. let's, Let's talk about the Bills. Dalton Kincaid, Utah tight end. They land him at 25. Followed up with Osiris Torrance, offensive guard out of Florida in the second round. Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams in the third. Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter in the fifth. Wrap it up with Mississippi offensive guard Nick Broker and Oregon State cornerback Alex Austin in the seventh. I was really high on Dalton Kincaid. I think that Utah offense was a lot of fun to watch. I think they're still going to be fun to watch with Cam Rising coming back. They're going to be an intriguing team. Maybe we're sprinkling uh, as far as preseason futures go if USC or Oregon don't pan out. Um, Osiris Torrance, I think that's good value at 59. Oh. I I really like this draft. I think I like it better than the last couple of years for Buffalo. Where are you at?
1: Two rounds in, one of my favorite classes of the entire draft. Because Kincaid, an offense like this, getting Kincaid at 26, that should like that should be against League Rules, man. That that dude should not be allowed on this team. I mean, Stefan Diggs was so frustrated last year, right? Like Dawson Knox wasn't giving them what they needed. Gabe Davis wasn't quite hitting the spot. Kincaid, man that's a big target that's not gonna miss that is a weapon up the seam that's gonna be very hard to cover up jake got excited about all those guys on the Dolphins secondary i'm not sure there's one of them who you're like that's the dude i'm matching up against Kincaid. better hope that linebacker of yours has some real uh coverage ability or you're gonna be in trouble then you get an ass kicker a tone setter like osiris torrens on that offensive line That's a dude who's going to love November and December in Buffalo, man. Just lean in on people. He's so fun. And there are a few offensive linemen who can come into the league and block for a guy like Josh Allen better than Osiris Torrance because he had to do it with Anthony Richardson. His tape's hilarious with A. Rich. He's like He'll just lean on a guy holding him with one hand to like peek back, like, where's A Rich going? Like, <laughs> where do I need to leverage here? You know, Josh Allen, that's the quarterback you need to do that kind of stuff with. Honestly, second round on, I kind of think they fumbled the bag. Uh, yeah. You know, um, Dorian Williams, off ball linebacker, two lane late third, not great value. I would have targeted some other guys. Um, and it's just like, you know, you just re-signed Matt Milano. I'm not sure you needed another dude like this. Justin Shorter, Florida. Um I'm not sure that was the best use of a fifth rounder, especially with some of the talent left. You know, it's it's very meh, even with um Alex Austin, actually out of Oregon State is intriguing. He's got some size and stuff. The book liked him a lot, so I had to watch him a little bit. Um, and so yeah, it's so it's an A-plus first two picks, which are really what matters. And then it's like a yeah, D-plus. Day three averages out to like a B-plus, right? Like uh, you're a contender who's kind of taking care of business, and we weigh the first two picks more heavily
3: anyways.
2: Did Shorter yeah, start at a... Penn State? Sorry. I just... Yes, yes. Yes, he did, he's right? He's from Penn State.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel
2: like he's just the guy that's been one of those had a ton of hype coming in and just never lived up to expectations.
3: He's huge. You know, he uh,
0: he only has 1,500 career uh, receiving yards in five years.
1: You I mean, we should so, say he's a 6'4", 229 wide receiver.
0: Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, kind of what Dre said, it's really top-heavy, and when you have a roster like this and you've got a quarterback like this, it's I'm not mad at it because you kind of just need players to plug and play right away, and that's what Kincaid and Torrance can give you. If Kincaid's healthy, fully healthy, and ready to go to start – the season, but yeah, he's an absolute weapon out there, man. I mean, this is if they keep Stefan Diggs and there's, they should not entertain trading him because I feel like this roster is in the last year potentially of a window. Uh, Josh Allen's pay jumps up dramatically after this season, or his cap hit does. They yeah, to let and Trayvon and go exactly. You've already started to see this happen, and same thing with Stefan Diggs, you can't afford to lose him right now because. This 11 personnel is great, but behind these receivers is a lot of young guys. I mean, Shakir did some stuff last year. Uh I don't know if Shorter can really just jump in and be a guy that contributes to the personnel. You lost Isaiah McKenzie. You lost your speed slot guy. Didn't really replace him. Um, I guess Trent Schiffield goes in there. But, I mean, McKenzie, I think, had it kind of go in there with uh, Josh Allen and just how they would run him on, like, those reverses and stuff like that. Um, yep. And as you mentioned, a middle linebacker, you kind of draft Dorian Williams, a third rounder, and it's like kind of plugging him into that hole. I mean, you got Matt Milano and some other guys there, but um, it we're starting to see the effects already of, you know, paying that quarterback and still trying to hang on to that championship window at the same time. And um, yeah. I don't know it Would not surprised me if this is
3: like the last real year we see this team as like a super team of sorts B minus, by the way. Jangu, peace. Well mm-hmm. Jake? Um, piggybacking mm-hmm. off
1: of that while Jake mulls that over, it's, uh, yeah, they're like in the thick of it, man. It's time to compete. And those windows are getting tighter. Your margins cap-wise are much slimmer. And you're trying to make some tough decisions and you're trying to add the talent where you can to improve this team. Garden tight end, though I think I think you are, you know, maybe not in the running game way we'd like to see, but you are kind of playing into that identity of like we need to be more physical, we need to be tougher to match up with, um, and that should pay dividends in those tougher months of the season. Jenga piece.
2: gonna torch some dude down the seam, and it's it's gonna be fun to watch. Dude, he's him on so a, nasty. You know, let him run a a wheel on a linebacker. Good luck.
1: Every listener of this podcast should just like, while you're listening to this in podcast version, put on the USC cut up on YouTube. Holy cow. Just, like, un... He just ate
2: their lunch for four quarters.
1: Dude, it's straight savage what he's doing to those guys. He has he's like targeted 16 times in that game. I think he comes down with all of them. That's the type of dude he is, man. He doesn't just get open, he comes down with everything guys draped over him it doesn't matter he's such a fun tight end jenga pieces von miller boys and i i'll fight you on a counter argument he was a key loss for them man he was really that defense a, a completely
2: loss. changed when he when he went down i mean he was playing like pre-los angeles level football and it was it was hard to watch honestly i was sitting there in my yeah. von miller jersey watching some of those buffalo games and I still don't necessarily fault the Broncos for moving on when they did, but it's still, it just feels so wrong to see every week.
0: I I still think it's Stephon Diggs. And I think we're kind of staring down the barrel that situation right now where you lose him and offense kind of falls apart. You're looking at Gabe Davis all of a sudden as your number one wide receiver and Justin Shorter and all these young guys get bumped up immediately. And I don't know if they're ready. I'd throw out Ed Oliver too. He just got paid massively. Yeah. Um another kind of three tech guy, but Von Miller was the other guy I was gonna throw out. I mean Tredavious White, too. You can throw him.
1: Think about Diggs for this offense. That's why the Schroeder pick is kind of weird. Is he's the only dude that's above six feet who's actually like a separator. Right. Uh, it's it was kind of the problem, is like these big guys weren't really getting open for Josh, you know. Um and so so Josh has to also just like kind of like throw it up there and, like, get his ball placement on point and trust those guys to go up and get it because that's the receiving core he does. But that differentiates Diggs massively from the rest of that wide receiver core.
2: It reminds me so much of when Allen was at Wyoming and he his junior year when he still had Tanner Gentry. And Gentry's obviously not even close to Stephon Diggs, but he, he was a playmaker in the Mountain West. He was his number one guy. But their entire offense was Josh running around, making plays with his legs, running dudes over, and then throwing it up and Tanner Gentry making insane plays vertically. It's just your ceiling is so limited, especially, you know, against better defenses. It barely worked at Wyoming. It's crazy to me that all these years later, it's still basically the same position. Diggs is much better, but it's like, get this guy some targets, man.
1: That's like the wildest eval, man. That we'll never forget. That Wyoming, two years of evaluating Josh Allen. That was the craziest shit. I saw him in two separate pro days. He he was throwing his junior year at the Wyoming pro day, and even then it was like, whoa. That second pro, that's another one I'll never forget, man. Josh Allen's pro day is something that'll be stuck in my mind forever. That was nuts.
0: Um, this head coach and GM combo kind of, I mean, they come from the Carolina background when Cam Newton was there. And that's kind of what they tried to build this team in the, uh, in the shape of. Right. And we've seen that in many, many aspects, you know, in the secondary, we've seen them invest in the front seven. Uh, You have the big mobile quarterback. The one thing is just with this receiving core. And it's what we talked about with, or what I talked about when we came to Cam Newton and trying to get him better receivers around him. You got to go away from the big body guys, man. You got to get guys that can get open on their own. Some quick guys, guys that create separation in a step or two to help Josh Allen out. So he's not throwing these jump balls all the time to six, five guys or
3: less than that. Even it makes it even harder.
2: I love the pick, but is the selection of Osiris Torrance, is that playing into what we just said they need to not do? And, you know, Less, would they need to run the ball less with Josh Allen. You bring in this big mauling guard that you can let him run behind. You're kind of playing right into that style.
3: Well, on that yeah, end, huh? I mean, your starting uh, running back is James Cook, it looks like now. I mean, you don't yeah.
0: really have a starter. You haven't really addressed that ever. Damian Harris, is Harris is a fun
1: pickup. Damien Harris is a fun pickup.
0: He is, but I mean you got a bunch of guys. You got Lat Murray back on this roster. You got Naheem Hines, James Cook. It feels just like a solid rotation. You know what I mean? They
1: don't have that ace at running yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. That's for feels sure. Feels like man. a Patriots backfield. It, it it does. Exactly. It does. No, I I think they needed a guy like Osiris, especially on that right guard side. They added Connor McGovern in free agency too. They picked up Mitch Morse, what last offseason? Um I mean, if anything, it's the Kincaid pick that you could say it's just another big target, but I think he's such a separator that there's enough differentiation there where they're not leading it to what they already have.
0: If you go to the Torrance pick, though, and look at how the draft kind of went, they passed on Marvin Mims, they passed on Tank Dell, and you know those are guys that we all liked, and I think that they could have kind of filled that role at least out of the slot or something just
3: for another weapon rather than a guard who may or may not play this year.
2: Mims would have been fun with Allen. That could have been electric. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Well, you're probably not going to need them in Buffalo, but take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather head with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product. That's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Guys, I'm basically blind and I struggle if I'm not wearing prescription sunglasses because they're so dark and I already have blurred vision. With shady rays, it's perfect. The glare is gone. It makes it nice and comfortable, but I, I don't feel like I'm walking in an unlit basement or something without my glasses. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support for nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS. The Outdoor Adventure of a Lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it for years to come. You can shop the entire collection at the brand-new location, the Park Meadows Mall, full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them or return them free within 30 days. There's no, uh, no hassle when you shop Shady Rays. They always have your back. And if you break your pair at any point, they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray's giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people.
0: And what goes better... With a pair of Shady Rays and a Breck Brew in hand, the Mountain Beach Sour, the Beer of the Month at the DMVR Bar. Stop on by, get yourself one of those amazing brews from Breckenridge Brew. You got a ton on tap. We actually have the Mountain Beach on tap, too. Um, You can also get Avalanche Amber Ale, Vanilla Porter Jr., all that good stuff. You can check out the beer locator and find a Breck Brew near you wherever you are. Just go to www.breckbrew.com and you can find a Breck
3: Brew near you.
2: I could use a break brew right about now. Or two. Damn. Or three. Just, it is just Friday. Friday. <laughs> it, it's true. Yeah. No, just go full Stone Cold Steve Austin. Reference last week. We're going back to it. Me and Jake at some point this summer it's happening. Double fisting. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <sighs> Jake's All right, ready for it. Let's talk about man. the paint. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I know Jake is. I, it's me that I'm worried about. I gotta, I gotta up my yeah, game Jake, so that move I can compete. to
1: Denver for this. You, uh, you're like you, you take <laughs> double fist and brick Bruise for granted all, all anymore. You know, I mean, like uh, you know,
2: I'm privileged. I'm know. soft, and I need I know, to throw myself back out there and remember what it was like when I was out in those trenches, beer bonging natty lights and stuff in Fort Collins. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the Patriots. They had. The biggest draft class of this division, they land Christian Gonzalez, familiar face, former CU corner, wrapped up his career at Oregon, obviously. Georgia Tech defensive end, Keon White in the second. Sack State linebacker, Marte Mapu, who I love. They got him in the third. Um, yeah, some Steve Atwater
1: too. cops <laughs> from national Let's media go. to him. That's awesome. Great.
2: He's a missile going downhill. I, I could see that. I mean, it's, t- I would, it's tough to compare anyone to Atwater because physically, like, he's just such a freak. But Ma- Marte Mapui is kind of like that, where he's he's got some of the size. He's really lanky, is, is what I love him. I love him in pass coverage. Um, I'm not going to go through all these picks because they've got so many. But in the sixth round, Kayshawn Bute, LSU wide receiver, guy whose draft stock just tanked and tanked over the last couple of years. Uh, they wrap up with Jackson State corner Isaiah Bolden in the seventh. Okay, guy Jake can probably talk about after watching all of this JSU. Where are you at with this Pats class? It kind of felt uncharacteristic with so many selections and actually making picks. But I love Christian Gonzalez. I'm pretty big on Keon White. And I'm huge on Marte Mapu. So I love the first three rounds. Um, Dre, feelings on this Pats class. They
3: are the ones who trade down with the Steelers
1: that's uh you know story as all this time the pat's trading down and accumulating more value and honestly while he wouldn't have been i think any of our top choices considering ringo porter um cam smith for your boy we're all still around getting um a cornerback with that kind of physical tools and upside at 17th overall after trading down is tremendous value. Adding Keon White and his pass rushing flashes at 6'5, 285 to both play on the edge. Um, and I think inside some or even some five tech is very intriguing. Mapu was a fun guy to dig into later in the process. So while they're not Keon's, maybe not my favorite guy, but Pretty high up there. Um, those top three picks—that's that's a B plus level draft. And then, man, so many, so many selections after that. They go super heavy on the interior um, O line. Keyshawn Bowdy's like great value. They bet get both a kicker and a punter. Um, it's a half decent class. This is a this is a B plus all around. I thought they did a good job, um, you know, addressing premium positions, adding draft capital. And while, you know, I could knock them for taking special teamers and interior offensive line, you added the capital to do that. And you also took a swing on like what could be a number one wide receiver, you know, so it all evens out. It's a nice B plus. This is one of the better Pats drafts in recent memory, I'd say.
0: Yeah, it's good. I'm around a B as well. Christian Gonzalez is my favorite corner in the class and crazy to me looking at hindsight that he was the third cornerback off the board and just considering how smooth he is and how uh, much of a technician he already is. And I think this was a great landing spot for him. I think Bill Belichick's going to absolutely love him. Um, You guys pretty much hit the middle of the draft. I'm not a fan of taking the specialist, but Keyshawn Boutte, um, my God, man. I mean, we talked a lot about him the last few years and He went to a receiving core where he absolutely could break out right away. Um, You know, they bring in Juju. They've got Kendrick Bourne and Devontae Parker still. That doesn't do much for me in 2023. So uh, let's give him a shot. Let's see if he can still play at that level that he was at two, three years ago. Um, Isaiah Bolden is a guy from Florida State. Uh, Dion's obviously made a point of bringing those guys into his programs. He did that at JSU. He played pretty well for them. Was, I think, the only HBCU player drafted in this draft also uh, at the back end of the seventh round. You guys remember Malik Cunningham?
3: Certainly. The quarterback? Yeah. He's converted to wide receiver for the Patriots. Get out. Yeah. That happened in this draft? hmm Well, they didn't. He they got him as an
1: undrafted
2: agent. free agent, and
1: that I like.
2: Kudos that to him I for like. doing the move because he had. I mean, he obviously has the athletic right. profile. He's not going to be an NFL quarterback. It's its not a Lamar Jackson situation where That's, it's people he, like he's, he's, he's actually not. Yeah, it's and not, but a he could be. be a little speedy slot guy.
1: Antoine Randolel, let's go. That'd be fun,
2: man. He's twitched up, he's got some quicks,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and also if that if I like Belichick buys into it, it's just one of those. It's kind of like the Spurs or even the Nuggets at this point with their draft record. I just trust them at this point. Like they land a guy like Christian Gonzalez, as as you mentioned, with with his skill set, the physical profile. He's really technically sound. I mean, if I bet Belichick's just sitting there like chomping at the bit. Like I can't believe you let this corner fall to me. I, I just feel like some their value goes up a little bit higher. If you get that Belichick stamp of approval, if if that makes sense, at least to me, I I trust him. In the secondary, I think as a yeah. draft,er as records, especially in the yeah debate, offensively, it's been there. Yeah.
1: yeah, in the secondary, though, man, absolutely. Um, it's kind of a sneaky decent wide receiving core with Juju Kendrick, Bourne, Devontae Parker, and Taquan Thornton, the Baylor speedster. Right, they drafted top 100 last year. The that's one they've
2: had in a half decade.
1: Yeah, right. And yeah. Now, Malik Cunningham in that mix um, and added a ton of depth to the interior offensive line with Trent Brown and Riley Reef on the bookends. Hunter Henry um, is going to have some competition from Mike Gusecki at tight end.
2: That's not a bad one to do. Like uh, Either of those guys by themselves, eh. But you put them together, I, I don't mind it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I love Ramondre Stevenson, and they added uh, David Montgomery, so.
2: Ty Montgomery.
3: Ty Montgomery, I'm sorry. Yes, Ty Montgomery.
2: Is it a make it or break it year for Mac Jones? Absolutely.
3: Well, he has a
1: real offensive coordinator now, so that's a start. That's awesome. Bill O'Brien is
2: back. Um, I think that's huge. Yeah, it is. no kidding. I mean, you look at his track record with quarterback development. I understand that it's hard to separate how things ended with Houston and the the trades and all that. But Bill O'Brien and as a GM, and Bill O'Brien as an offensive mind, as a guy that can maximize quarterbacks, I watched him do it the last couple of years at Alabama. I mean, he's he's a stud, and this is going to be huge for Mac Jones, who really, like, let's be fair, as. I agree it is a make it or break it year for him in New England, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily like it's a make it or break it in terms of him having an NFL future, just because this is going to be the first time he's had any type of legitimate cast around him. He finally has some receivers. Yeah. I mean, last year was a joke with Patricia as his OC. That that should have been like investigated for tanking at that point.
1: That was a weird one, man. Um, yeah, it's a big year for him, and Bailey's happy is there. Hanging in the wings.
2: You read stuff that they really like him. And hey, he played well. He played
1: well when he played. Jake, you're not, you're shaking your head. You're not, you're not getting zapped I mean, up this, this fall. No, I mean, I, I like the roster, but come on. I mean,
0: the quarterback isn't too strong. And I mean, what's honestly, what's the best season Mac Jones could have? Like 25 and 12? Like he's not going to be like a 35 touchdown guy with this receiving core. I mean, it's better than it has been, but you don't have a guy that you can rely on down in and down out. Um, I, I don't know, man. I
3: It's just tough with this roster
0: the way it is. It's still feeling like you're hanging on to some guys from the Brady era. Um, you know, Matthew Slater, guys like that are still on this roster. Like I, at some point,
1: I think you got to tear it down and build it back up. Yeah. I don't um I don't love the defense, honestly. That's the one. That's the unit that feels like
3: how to start that rebuild. Yeah. I mean Judon played well. Is that our Jenga? It piece? just doesn't feel like a Patriots defense. Trent Brown? Yeah. Yeah,
1: you're that's what I mean, Justin. It doesn't feel like a Belichick like lockdown defense strength of the yeah.
3: team. It's kind of like
2: I, don't know. Um, I I think they're a 500 team at best, but it's how long Belichick lasts, I think is going to be really interesting to see because it's, do you give him another chance at this? Do you go telling him to leave? I think is a really challenging spot as an organization at some point though. And we've seen it. It, it does happen. I mean, CSU fired Sonny Lubick. Like it, it does happen at some point where it's just, we got to move forward.
1: Yeah, sooner or later, eight and eight seasons caught up to Mike Shanahan. It does happen. Um,
2: Especially if you move on from this quarterback group. Like, I mean, the problem yeah, is like, there's
1: there's been a breakage over years of time, right, between ownership and Belichick, and it stems back to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade and um, letting Brady go, which in retrospect didn't necessarily seem like the right timing on that. And um Bill's record uh, insanely is being put under fire he would be the guy i would want to be the architect of my rebuild but i think there's also some hard conversations to be had because like the shit he was doing with the uh coaching staff last year is inexplicable mm-hmm um so you really need to sit them down and say hey so like on the personnel side who are we going to help you help you coaching side like let's really figure this out because i believe in your vision but i need to understand your vision too because it hasn't been super clear um but i mean the worst thing you could do and this would be to me even worse than seeing brady win a title somewhere else would be firing him and then him going to another team, and, you know, Parcells-like being able to build another winner, and you're going to be gutted if that happens.
2: He's also 30 wins away from tying Don Shula for the record for regular season wins. He's not walking away before he he gets that. So if you're the Patriots, too, you don't necessarily want to see him accomplish this feat in Houston or wherever it is. I think I've heard Simmons talk about that on his podcast. like. The history matters to a guy like him. Him and Saban are very similar in that regard. Like they want to be revered as the greatest ever. It matters to them. Yeah, thirty wins. Thirty wins. Three more years, probably four years.
0: Oh, well, I was gonna say that's like four or five years. I mean, this isn't the Brady years where it's two and a half now or even three. Like this is. Right, Jake. I mean, we're talking close to twenty thirty. I think when he could. Maybe he'd be breaking that if he's still coaching. I mean, you'd need they, this roster's ready for that. They're not going to win ten games,
2: and that's why I think this is one of the most interesting storylines in the NFL to follow over the next couple of years. What what happens to the end of this dynasty? How how does it come to an end? Because it usually does not end in a way that's you know like amicable and everybody's happy and riding off into the sunset. It's usually one side being like thanks for everything, but It's time and the bitter side of can't believe you're moving on from me after all I've done or or vice versa. It's, I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see what happens here.
1: I mean, they've essentially already like Jerry Krause the Bulls by cutting things short and forcing Brady out. It's like, what's left, man? You, You already screwed. Like you already did it. You already had a couple more years of this epic run, the most epic run in NFL history. You cut that short for what? For what? For nothing. You, yeah, you're going to get an 8-9, win? Seed, eight and nine, sound good to you? Um, because that's about where this roster is positioned to go. And, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able... They're not going to be able to stomach this much more mm-hmm. losing. And he's going to want to get those 30 wins. I, I think he'll end up coaching somewhere else before it's all said and done. And he's going to be selective because he's not just going to go anywhere. Um, he reveres like the the Giants organization. Um, we'll see. It's very interesting.
2: Go full so we'll circle. Say, I mean, ended in Cleveland.
3: Oh god, that uh, um, no. He does like bringing you know
0: these coaches back. He obviously bought uh, Bill O.B. back. He's got Gerard Mayo as like co-defensive coordinator with his son. Like,
3: yeah.
0: there's potential replacements. I think that understand the patriot way understand and have been there coaching a lot of football and
1: could potentially step in as a head coach whenever that's what they'll be writing on the boston globe the morning when he's fired yep that's right Jake. You. i mean that's how you sell yourself on it is like oh but there are guys you know but to me it's it's already coming crumbling to the ground you know so
0: but I mean, like Bill O'Brien's not an old coach. Like you almost kind of not risk losing him. If he proves again that he can coach offense at a high level in the NFL, he's going to be a highly coveted guy for head coaching options. And it's kind of one of those things. It's like the Brady sliding window thing. It's like, do we cut bait with Belichick and kind of go with the younger guy who has shown, you know, literally like the Josh McDaniels are Went left, came back, like learned a lot in that time.
1: Could be. They're a fascinating team. They're the one team who kind of has no shot at winning this division, but they are going to be fun to follow. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm kind of rooting for Belichick, even though I've never. I am too. For the
2: I've bases. gone full circle on all of that. Just Brady, Belichick, all of those greats from you know in the last twenty years. That I'm getting old and sentimental, but I appreciate greatness, and it's hard to see it kind of come. Just be like, eh. It's not a disaster, but it's just—it's almost worse than that because you're stuck in limbo.
1: Yeah, they are a bit stuck in the middle right now. They're gonna have to find a way out one way or another.
2: We'll it's see. gonna be interesting. Yeah, we'll definitely see
1: Spurs like tank for Wemby is in their future. Who knows? This would be the year.
3: It's <laughs> a tank
1: for Caleb. <laughs> This is going to be the year, man. I would have put it past them. It's going to be so hard to out-tank
0: Arizona this year, I think, though. They're clearly tanking and clearly have the worst roster
1: in the league. They're in pole position. Yeah, it's more like, okay, do we want to trade for a healthy
3: Kyler in a year? (laughs) Does DeAndre Hopkins move the needle for you guys on this team, if they add him? I think that'd make quite a difference, yeah. Yeah, I do. I think that I think gives so you
2: a guy who consistently moves the sticks. It gives you another red zone threat. It just—it's—he's a, a lot more proven than any of those pass catchers they have.
3: And I like Juju, aside from the TikTok stuff.
2: He's all right. He's all right. He's, he's you guys are all right too. But uh, <laughs> thank you to the audience for continuing to support the pod. This has been a little bit off the rails, but it's been fun to go through all these divisions post draft. I really like how we did this this year. I think it's something we'll continue in the future. But as we said at the beginning, this is our time, man. It's, it's time to start digging into this 2023 season. Camp's going to be here in a month. Jake and I are going to be on a field again and smell it. You know, the sweat and sunscreen and grass. I love it. Nothing better and a nothing better than producing content with the dudes. So thank you guys. Thank you to the people. Much love. Peace.